you are now entering the flip side. All right, guys, welcome back to the flip side podcast. We have Joe Ament on today. It was so funny before we started recording. He said that he was filming a terrorist video. That's the way his video <laughs> looks right now. But I'm super excited to have him on. He's a comedian. He's a normal guy, apparently. And uh, he's just trying to we'll make let the audience way. determine that. Yeah, we'll let the audience decide for themselves. But Joe, I'm so excited to have you on. What a cool, you know, interaction. I, I'm so happy that you answered my call on Twitter to talk to whoever and whomever. And yeah, no, thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it. I'm just, you know, trying to do anything I can to get myself out there and just kind of meet some cool people. I've been following your Twitter for a little bit now and you always have I, some pretty good shit on it. So, you know, I appreciate that because it's it, it is like random thoughts on Twitter, sometimes intrusive thoughts. But, you know, oh, we yeah, <laughs> trust me, I get it. I just like I, I have like next to no interaction on Twitter. So it's literally just it's my own little digital diary. I just kind of like, well, here's what I'm thinking now. Yo, it's so funny because I, I think I guess it was in the middle of, you know, pandemic stuff. That was when I was on Twitter more and somehow gained a lot of friends on there. And my once secluded intrusive thought platform was then you know, shared with these yeah. people that I was meeting. And I was like, I need to go through these and just like <laughs> post uplifting things now. And yeah. my random jokes that aren't hitting, but it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's all about swinging and missing. I'll tell you that much. Hey, like, yeah. You don't. It's like, I can't even, I can't even like, I'm not a, a strong writer. So my tweets are, aren't necessarily even good jokes. It's, I'm more of a performer than I am a joke writer, but it's like, Twitter is like a nice test ground. If I have like a quick one-liner, if I get like three likes, I'm like, that shit's golden. That's going to kill. <laughs> That's going in there. Three <laughs> likes, baby. Let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think that's a good, that's a good uh, measurement. Yes. Continue. So uh, what, what initially drew you into the metaphysical realm? Oh, I love when people take charge and interview me. It's my favorite thing. I'm, so I'm a bad, <laughs> I'm a bad guest because like I'm used to running my own podcast. So I'm just like, no, I love it. I just pop in like, what's up? <laughs> I, I love it. So, okay. I got excited. So what was the question again? <laughs> uh, like what, what initially drew you into the metaphysical realm? Ooh. Um, you know, I've always had so many questions, like just existing was a very strange thing for me all throughout my life. And I was like, there's gotta be a, a reason, right? Like, how right. did I come to exist? So that well, when began... a mommy and a daddy love each other very much. <laughs> right. And that's like the simple answer. Right. But it's right. like, but why am I me? You know, like, why am I in this body? So there was all those questions. And I think that was the start of it. And I didn't do anything with it. And then I got hooked on watching the X-Files. Uh, and, you know, I, I watched it a little bit as a kid, but it used to scare the crap out of me. And then when I was in college, I think it was finally uploaded onto Hulu or so some platform had gotten in. I was like, while I do my work, I'm going to deep dive on the X-Files. Nope. I just kept re-watching it. And I was like, yo, like in a parallel universe, I would love to be the FBI agent searching for random things. And then pre-COVID, I had a podcast with my best friend, Van Duncan, and we did uh, an entertainment podcast called Posers in LA, where we interview entertainment people and like 
it was dope. It was so much fun. And it was all in person. And, you know, once COVID hit, we just kind of like didn't really know what to do. So it was a one season kind of show. So I fell in love with podcasting then and meeting people. And then I decided, I was like, wait, like, why haven't I taken my silly little questions onto a new platform and talk to all these people that I would love to talk to about what they might know? Because all I know is I know nothing. And that's how right. the flip side was born. <laughs> so then did like because I feel like especially when you're dealing with such a broad abstract concept of mere of mere existence like you want to think you know shit because you read all this philosophy but like that line that you just I forget who said that that's not uh um Descartes is that Descartes Descartes Renee I think therefore that's that's, I think therefore I am yeah yeah um shit well clearly i know nothing so (laughs) don't worry i think if you go on google it'll be something as as simple as like aristotle said that and i'm like i feel like that's not who said that originally but you know good pick for whoever you know like plato socrates one of those guys one of those guys yeah but you know yeah but it's just like um Every, I, one thing I've noticed so far in life, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I'm only 27 and yeah. and it's just like everybody tries to tell you that like, they have the answer for you. They right. know what they know how to get you to where you want to be. And like I just anybody who's like really about that, I just I don't I don't believe like I can like and I, I'm guilty of this myself where I'm like, dude, you have to do this. It'll make you like like my roommate uh, currently. I try to get him into the gym with me in the morning. I'm like, dude, if you start your day with a savage weightlifting session, you'll, your day is going to be beautiful. And but it's just like I, like I guess it's more so suggestions that I like to toss out that I know better, like have helped me feel better. Ultimately, like that could also potentially help somebody else. But then right. I think the suggestion of something that is beneficial, then this is the path. This is the way. This is how things get accomplished, you know? Right, right. I'm anybody, totally on board. That, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, continue. No, I was, I was just saying, it's just like anybody who says like they have the answer, typically they're just trying to sell you something and probably fuck you over in the long run. You know what? I was one of those people for years that was super gullible because I was like, not necessarily like to buy into certain things, but I would start getting into these deep dives of like, oh, I've never heard this information. Like, let me look into it. And then I would start getting like OCD about it. So, you know, the first start was like, and I think every girly these days gets into it, but it's like astrology. Oh, shit. So (laughs) that's going to happen to me. Fuck. And then you're like, you know, self-fulfilling your prophecy and like all of that kind of stuff. So in this turn of me seeking things what's been really cool about this podcast too and i've said it on so many episodes i'm sorry to everybody who like listens to each episode she's like they're like she says it every time but um interviewing people it's been the most liberating feeling ever because through all of this i'm like yeah oh my god there isn't one way to live like all these people have different viewpoints and it's cool information you can kind of like pick and choose what works for you and i think that's like the whole point and that was super liberating to me it's liberating and very overwhelming at least i I, I don't want to say for everybody but i know like when you find yourself at the precipice of a thought of like i am in complete control of my life you can go well what the fuck does that mean you know and like when i first had that thought where i was just like I think I was in college and I was just kind of like floundering my way through. I was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where I want to be. I don't know who I want to be. And it's just like, but and, and like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I used to 
eat a lot of acid. And so these thoughts were uh, <laughs> these thoughts were very prominent of just like these esoteric metaphysical uh, explanations for of why I am the way I am. And just never like when I finally came to the realization that I'm not the victim of my circumstances, that I am the byproduct of my poor decisions. And mm-hmm. once you realize that you're like, you can kind of at least wrap your fingers lightly around the concept of like, I am in complete control of the outcome of my life. And right. if you are not in the mental capacity or just, I guess, individual stability, like in a place where you can actually comprehend that notion, it can be very overwhelming. Yo, you, t- you said it better than I could have ever said it, but I know I didn't eat a lot of acid. I've actually never tried acid because, uh, my first, drug that i ever tried was dmt and i didn't know what i was doing what the hell (laughs) that's like skipping kindergarten going right into trigonometry (laughs) right and i had no clue what i was doing i went to art school and my roommate suggested that and i was like well i'm in art school and i'm in college like like she didn't like yo let's split and eat the mushrooms let's let's get let's eat this 500 milligram edible she was just like dmt slapped it on the table yep literally slapped it on the table and was like oh my god you're gonna love it and she had this voice where she was like oh my god so alex you will love dmt (laughs) and i was like i would say that's a bad friend (laughs) you know what we have not spoken in (laughs) but it was you know i do appreciate her because if i had known what that was there's no way i would have taken it you know (laughs) Like if somebody had heard or had told me what DMT was or what an experience of DMT would be like, I'd be like, oh, hell no. So, you know, I I jumped in head first. (laughs) See, for the longest time, I was like, I'm really I mean, I'm still interested in doing DMT and ayahuasca and those things where you really touch. Well, I'm I'm sorry, get out of touch of this reality. Um, But I get a little I get a little nervous now because I've been doing a little bit more research and I'm hearing yeah. some, some things about, I don't know. You gotta be at least somewhat uh, involved in this uh, hemisphere of thinking, but like some not so friendly entities making their way through. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You we're like, I'm feeling you right now because I actually had a trip booked to Costa Rica last year. And I was like this close and I never, but I, but I also wanted to just go to Costa Rica, but I was like, well, I might as well book one of those, like, you know, I could do it if I wanted to kind of things. Right. And just something inside was like, nah, it's not for you. Even though so many people have said it's helped them. I was just like, I would be the one that would go get spiritual psychosis, be thinking things were attached to me. And because I actually, I, the more that I live, that is one thing that I can say is like, I do believe that there are weird energies that can attach to you. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any proof of it technically, but I believe it. So When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, I mean, they're like, I definitely believe uh, demons exist, whether it is just uh, a possession of somebody or somebody who's just completely lost themselves and then transformed into a human demon or whatever. Like, I'm not quite sure on what the thought 
pattern is there but like i've definitely seen it dude like i, I, I like i yeah. like one of these music yeah. festivals and shit oh, and i yeah. like distinctly remember like you know eating a shit ton of l and seeing people i'm like that's not a human that person is gone that is a shell and that is a demon but like at the time i was just like ah they're probably just fucked up and i'm fucked up dude you know how it goes yeah but it's like you definitely see it and it's kind of in retrospect like it like like i wasn't unnerved but looking back like i was just like i was like i was that close to bad juju right right i i totally agree and i think there's a part of it where you do want to discredit whatever you're seeing. But then once you look at like, let's go purely scientific for a second and just look at energy work in general and like energy is real. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think at this point we can say that's a fact. <laughs> and then, You know, from there you look at people's energy and whether it's like a demon or just like something is off, you know, like yeah. something is just off and you can see it. And when you can tap into that knowing of like, Ooh, either I like found myself in some like weird energy like that and I hated myself and now I can see that in you or whatever it is where it's like, ooh, like I just learned I just stay away from yeah. it, you know? And and you know, whatever somebody might be going through, no hate to them, but it's like you just have to know, okay, that's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go my other way. <laughs> Cause it's like, I mean, like I've definitely had like my fair share of mental warfare, you know what I mean? Yeah, we Um, all do. (laughs) But it's like, I would like to think that I've always maintained myself to the point where like, I would not like, I'm going to call it an aura, whatever. Like, um, I would like to think that my aura would not be as devastating if somebody were to see me like that. But then again, I don't know. I love crushing Miller lights. And I did, I do notice that I do notice drunk people first when I'm tripping. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's true. so. Have you ever? So you said you've only done DMT. Like you've never done mushrooms, nothing like that. So I've done some like microdosing of of some shrooms, which I I genuinely like a lot. Um, it's been years, but I also I was a I was like a late weed smoker. Like I didn't start smoking weed until like I think I tried it senior year of high school, and then like got into it and I was like oh yeah I like this and I was from North Carolina so like all the kids like we grew up drinking super early like it's shocking when I think about it like it's like drinking and driving as a teenager let's go (laughs) luckily not (laughs) luckily none of the driving on my part but the drinking yes and I was like damn like we really because it was the you you go out into a field and like Mm -hmm. what else is there to do so I felt like when I got to college and it, specifically art school, what was funny to me was that I had had what like five, yeah five years experience of drinking already, and some kids that were there had never touched alcohol, and I was like, oh god, like this bad. I'm only eighteen. <laughs> and then from there <laughs> was like smoking more weed and um, didn't try much like DMT. I tried the first weekend of freaking college. So that was, yeah, that was a whole awakening and then tried shrooms maybe a few years later. And I really liked that. And, um, then maybe a few years after college, I couldn't smoke weed anymore. Like I was the paranoid person. And so, um, shrooms, like when I would take them, it would be a small dose. And that's what I felt like, or taking them made me feel like I was high for the, like the first time, like that happy giggly, like, uh, excited childlike feeling yeah. and so I was like okay this is this is cool and and then because of the DMT and the other like 
things that I had experienced with paranoia with weed. I was like, I just, I, I'm not feeling like I should try LSD or ayahuasca or anything else right yeah. now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, it's especially like I've heard of like, I've known massive potheads to be like the weed turned on me, you know, and yeah. they no longer yeah. that smoke. Was me. Was, that was me. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, I would kind of like the weed to turn on me. Cause like now I just, I like, uh, I used to I've, I've kind of picked my weed consumption up a little bit. Um, I'm recently uh, recently single and my yeah. ex was not overtly fan like was a fan of, of weed. So it was just like an inconvenience to go out and smoke a bowl on the porch or something. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm living with a friend of mine, you know, we're just we're just burning down. So it's <laughs> like my consumption is back up and it's like I don't really. I, I kind of miss being paranoid. I kind of want it really? to turn on me so I can just like, cause I've had some like really good breakthroughs when I'm just like too high by myself. Yeah. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm just like, I should not be this fucked up. Right. Oh, <laughs> you know, I miss, so I miss that little, uh, I miss that little like, ball of anxiety. Uh, cause like you can really, I think like it's, I think it's almost, I've had like the most breakthroughs I'd say on just like, like on a fair amount of weed than I have on yeah. like any other psychedelics. Yeah. You know, because like at the end of a psychedelic trip, dude, you're just you're like, I'm fried. I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah. You but know here what? we are. I won't I won't say you're wrong here because I remember the last time I smoked weed, I tried to do a, I tried to hit a dab pen or no, not a dab pen. Sorry. Just like a regular regular like, vape. Yeah. Like a vape weed pen. Um, And so with that, I remember sitting on the couch and I think it was like right before it was like maybe. 2020 that that was the last time I tried and I just remember sitting there and being like am I dead like it was one of those realizations <laughs> where I was like I was having that moment where it was like I think I'm dead like and then I was like I'm fine it this will this will not last forever and that was a huge breakthrough like you're talking about I was like this will not last forever like this feeling and yeah. so that was really comforting and I had to remind myself that in that moment because it lasted like a few hours of just feeling like oh my god I want to get out of this <laughs> Help! <laughs> like, yeah, Help! yeah, like mind spiral. And, <laughs> yeah. But that was a breakthrough. So I will say you're correct on that. I, I will say, yeah, yeah. Because like, as as gay as this is gonna sound, like I think Rogan has a point where you have to make yourself uncomfortable so you can like, yeah, learn how to like work through it. Yeah, and you know, anything difficult in life, like you know, if you're not gonna be willing to try it and make yourself uncomfortable, then how will you ever know? So. I, I've oh, been yeah. messing with that. I've been messing with that philosophy for a while now too. And it has yep. been awesome. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just getting started. I'm literally in a massive rebuilding period. Um, so fingers crossed. Uh, I'm definitely not a quitter. So hopefully uh, things work out, but God damn, it is definitely scary. <laughs> you know what? I, I want to touch on this too, because, I, but I want to touch on this, but I want to ask a question real quick first, um, because I'm assuming that this is going in line with the fact that you're a comedian and like working that path out. And so how did you start getting into comedy and like, you know, with you rebuilding, like how do you correlate those two right now? So I started comedy. Uh, I, I like since the first time I watched a comedy special, uh, it was Dave Chappelle's killing them softly. I was homesick. I was laying in my mom's bed because that's where the pets would hang out. Uh, everybody was at work and I was watching Comedy Central because I was young enough where I wasn't really supposed to be watching Comedy Central. 
So I was like, nobody's home, dude. Comedy Central's where it's at. Oh, yeah. Watch Killing Them Softly. And I remember laughing my ass off. I was like, holy shit, I want to do that. And I've always, and like that drove me into like discovering more Dan Cook and all these other guys that were really popular at the time, like Jeff Dunham. I feel like everybody had a Jeff Dunham phase. (laughs) But then um, I remember it was my senior year of high school and I was going to try out for the talent show and write a couple of jokes. And I'll never forget, like, the day of my audition, literally, like, five minutes before I was supposed to go up, I panicked and said I had to go oh. move a washer and oh. just dipped out, went home, yep. totally bitched out. And then finally, like, life was going sideways. Uh, after that, I was, like, maybe 19, 20. I was li- you're like, you know when you're crushing life when you're living with your grandmother? And I remember, <laughs> I, remember yeah. I was living with my grandmother and... Uh, I was like, you know, man, I think I'm just going to be a comedian. I'm fucked in the head. I can make this happen. She, and, and she's like a long time in their entertainment industry. Like she uh, was, a, was a singer for years. Like she wow. toured all over the place, met Freddie Mercury, Steven Tyler, all, wow. all these massive, massive names. And uh, she was like, you got to write. You know, there's wow. one thing I got to tell you. And I was like, man, you don't know shit about comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it fell to the wayside because I, I would always look around for mics and shit. And um, everybody, everything said, you know, had to be 21. I was like, well, shit, I'm only 20. Like, I guess yeah. I got to wait. And then that kind of fell to the wayside. Moved out to Seattle to cut trees for a little bit. Came back and was still kind of like, <sighs> I was getting bored. I was living with my dad. I was like, not really stoked on my job. But I was like, you know what? I'm 22 now. Let's let's give this a rip. Found an open mic and just kind of like got hammered my first time. Did a five minute set about drunk pissing. And uh here we are. I love it. Years later. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny, though, is that so I've told just a few people in my life. But one thing that I want to do is do an open mic comedy thing, because I feel like comedy is one of the hardest things to do. Like, it's not. <laughs> I know you're going to say that, but I swear, like when you like getting on the stage for the first time, because comedy is such a vulnerable space, like making trying to make somebody laugh is you're literally laying everything out there and if it doesn't work it doesn't work so it's like that that innate human vulnerability that like you're willingly putting yourself in like the uh the mental aspect sure it is difficult but i mean i don't know i've like (sighs) now you've been doing it for years so this is good that you don't feel that way well i mean like it was hard at first but it wasn't the actual performing like i did I've always kind of been a theatric kind of guy. I did the musicals in high school for years. Like I've always been loud and that. So okay. it's like, it was never, it was the, the getting on stage part. Wasn't, wasn't the, the hard thing for me. What was hard was finding a joke that I liked and not just finding a joke that the crowd would laugh at and like honing it down. Cause like, I'm I, I guess I'm an overthinker of sorts. Like when I, when I sit down and I write, it turns, it turns into like this monologue. Like if I was doing something for late night TV or something like that, and I got to like whittle it down into you know a couple sentences. Um, that's what, that was the hard part for me. But then I've, there's nothing worse than bombing. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I've seen people, I've seen good friends pulled away in body bags and I was just like, bombing still kind of sucks a little bit worse than that. Cause you're like, you're like, well, can I have a body bag please? Cause I have a 45. We can, we can just wrap this up real quick. Oh God. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's just trial and error and honing the craft and everybody's like, Oh, it takes so much 
uh, so much courage to get on stage. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It takes about four Miller lights and two shots of Jim Beam and anybody can do it. Yeah. See, I don't drink anymore. So I feel like that was always something that I felt like when I was drunk, I was like, damn, I really wish there was an open mic right now. Like all yeah. the jokes are coming out. <laughs> but I just have to loose. get into that sober. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're killing, you're killing the filter. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, I'm, I'm in the midst of a booze cruise, uh, not, not a booze cruise, but a booze snooze, uh, <laughs> trying to trying to lose a little bit of weight here. But um, I, I definitely noticed the difference in my comfortability on stage, like even if it's material I've been doing for a while, yeah. I'm just like, oh, I hope this works. You know? Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? But then it's like, OK, now I just have to it's like a whole new challenge to overcome because it's like I could do it. I could. I know I can do it drunk, but like, yeah, if I can do it sober, then fuck. Yeah, do it. Like, I try Like so I, like if I have like a, a like a five minute set that I know is doing well, um, I'll try it high. I'll try it sober. I, I tried doing it on mushrooms. That did not go. That did not go great. <laughs> like, I can imagine because I was like, um, I was just hypersensitive to like the entire crowd. And I heard I heard this one dude scoff and I jokingly said, like, what, you got a problem? And I heard the fucking tension explode into the room. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I was kidding. Oh, and what's so funny, too, is when you're on shrooms and like it sounds funny in the beginning. But then when you do feel that energy, you're like, oh, my God, everybody's mad at me. But like, like it turns not. you right into a five year old. Yeah. You're like, fuck. Like, like, I don't want these guys to think bad thoughts about me. It might hurt my feelings. <laughs> it's true. Oh, it's true. Oh, it's your inner child coming out to play. So, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, dude. It's comedy's fun. And it's just like um, you're talking about like the rebuilding. Yeah. This is like what part of the part of the reason why like me and my ex split was like our relationship was getting in the way of, of comedy. Cause like we, we were together for seven years and yeah. she bought a house. I moved my broke ass in with her and, and like just living off of her lived off of her. And then um, she like, she would get angry at me for going to these mics all the time. I'm like, well, you knew this was the plan. Like, yeah. like I haven't really changed my schedule. Like she's like, well, we have to spend time together. Like I understand that. But if you want me to actually pursue this, like I just did not feel supported in my venture and trying to get this uh this comedy career off the ground um yeah and, and I can, yeah sorry go for it oh no i was just saying it's just like you know it, it took like it was a thought that was on my brain for a while because like you know like you were saying earlier like like if you have something like be be don't be afraid well be afraid to do it but just do it you know yeah yeah. And so, like, I kind of hit, I hit that fork in the road, and I was just like, "Well, it's time to nut up, or I can't have my cake and eat it too." So, yeah, and God, that's so hard. And I'm sorry that that didn't work out because I'm sure, like, you know, seven years in, it's like you you just want so badly to like do both, like you said, like have the cake and eat it too. And it is that precipice of the like which journey do I want to go on? And like, you want people to come along with your journey, and then that's probably the hardest thing about your twenties is yeah. people having to you know disband but eventually i feel like it works out to that point where no matter what you're doing like the people that are there are there and it's yeah. dope and so yeah it's it's one of those it's one of those crazy 20s turning points it's wild now, how old are you if you don't mind me asking i just turned 30 this year 
Holy shit, you look a lot younger than 30. Oh, thank you. You can say that to me <laughs> all day long. My ego eats that up. <laughs> See, I'm 27 and everybody asks me if I'm 40 and if I have kids or grandkids yet. I'm like, go <laughs> yourself. Don't let the receding hairline and thick beard fool you. I got plenty of youth. No, it's so funny, though. I will say that I think when I look back at photos of me being 22, I look younger now. Like, really? Yeah. And I don't know what to attribute that to, except I think finally just like accepting myself and coming into who I want to be. So, like, I actually got younger as I got older because all of those weird, you know, how long have you you not been drinking? Only like a year. So, I mean, I know that alcohol takes a really you know, big play on the facial yeah. facial features. Yeah. I think that's why I look like I have Down syndrome most of the time. No, you don't. You're good. <laughs> you look young and vi- vivacious. So, well, thank you. you know, don't don't <laughs> let anybody, you know, tell yeah. you differently. Yeah. Well, I just like I so I used to cut trees, like I said, and I know stress is also another big pl- part. Yeah, and uh, and I was I had 13 years in the tree industry. And it was wow. like, that's a lot of stress. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a lot heavy. Of, that's heavy a bad. Load. That's a lot of bad days. <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't worry. I, I honestly like. I feel like my twenties were the most stressful. Like, I never slept. I still have a poor sleep schedule. I never slept. I was constantly drinking, like, doing random shit that wasn't healthy. Um, so it, you know, you can all get it together. Like, I love how I'm this is so funny because younger me would have been like, wow, like we can say that. Like, have you seen that TikTok trend where it's like lightning McQueen? I don't know. I have not. I'm not on okay, TikTok, anyway. but I'm sure good I'll find you. it on Instagram reels at some point. Cause that you were, <laughs> yeah, good. That no, algorithm no. gets me. <laughs> well, good for you. Honestly, I want to get off of all social media things, but it's kind of like, I can cheer myself on to even say this right now because like even a year ago, I would be shocked that I could say, oh yeah, you can actually get it all together because for the longest time I was like, how am I going to get my finances together? How am I going to get my love life together? Like all of those things encompassed my 20s. So it was just like stress, (laughs) stress. Yeah. Especially especially like now the finance thing, I feel like it's impossible for for people our age to like really because like think about like i remember when my parents were 30 very well because like, my parents had me young um like in fact i i say this all the time to my dad i'm like i remember when you were my age you know yeah, right. <laughs> like and it's just like it's been totally flip-flopped you know since yeah. the time that we were kids to now it's just like i remember i distinctly remember growing up i was just like man if i can get a job where i make 60k a year I'm set for life. And I'm just like, well, I think we need to bump that up to about a buck (laughs) 80. Right. It's wild. Like the fact that people were buying houses at 20 when our parents were our age, it's like, what? Like, here's my question though, because you always hear about the times when like, oh, one 40, 40 hour a week paycheck supply to whole family. Did that ever actually happen? Was that true? Or is that just like bullshit that we were fed? You know what? I you're right. It could definitely be bullshit. It could have lasted maybe like a few years, like <laughs> right. Uh, maybe up until the '60s. But there's this whole conspiracy too that the feminist movement in the first place was just so the government could make more money off of us. Which, like, I have like thoughts on both sides because you know anybody who wants to work should be able to work. But right. apparently, the main 
the main thing about that was like, oh yeah, now we can take taxes from two people in the house or whatever it was. I, I can't, I, I don't know all the. I mean, that definitely makes sense, but I'll take it. I'll take it a, a step further into the schizo realm. I love um, it. I, love I, it. I, per- I personally feel like think that, you know, that we drove the women to the workforce as a guise of empowerment and, and you know, self-expression and liberty and all that, all that shenanigans. But I think it was more so that, you know, we would be forced to put the kids into, into, into a public school system and we could just, you know, yeah. warp their brains from the get go and make them more subservient make them less likely to push back against, you know, yep. the things that they have been embedded into their brains since a, since a youth. Like, think about it, especially especially for, for people like us. You know, we grew up the whole time in school. We heard, you know, got to go to college, got to get a yeah, good job. Yeah. That's how you be successful. And now yeah. that we've had millions of people go to college, the value of a regular bachelor's degree is so inflated that you either have a you, you either end up with a job that has nothing to do with yeah. your with your with your education or you double you double down and you go for a master's or a doctorate and end up in even like two two to three hundred thousand dollars worth of debt instead of your just standard one right and i mean it, it it's just been fucked from the get-go as soon as as soon as the government gets involved in anything dude people just see it as free money right you know right. Just think, look, look at the health care as soon as, as soon as the government got involved with health care i'm like I would love to sit here and in an ideal world be like, yes, uh, universal health care is an, is a human right. We don't need you. We don't need free health care. We need affordable health care. We need people. Really, we yeah. need the we, we need these massive corporate uh, operations to just keep their fingers in their own pies and not rely on Uncle Sam's, which is just more of our money. You know, everything, everything that is ran through the government is just tax based. Yeah. You know, if we could just isolate these things and, and separate from like government backed funding to just and as much see it's a double-edged sword it's a lose-lose either way because even so if we do completely privatize everything right you know then we're at the mercy of you know the corporations yeah so yeah i totally agree i totally agree it's like where do you meet in the middle and people just don't want to for some reason like no money in it yeah there's no money there's no money in it yeah and it, it is fucked that we we have devolved into a society when it's like i understand that money is a uh, a necessary thing in today's world but honestly a massive solar flare wiping out technology and we have to go back to the barter and trade system does not sound bad to me whatsoever and bro i'm putting you on my team because i know you can cut lumber and you know about trees and which ones could and i could cook like a motherfucker (laughs) there you go you are on the team you're on the team so i can i knit and make clothes so there we go sick that's we're, important. We're good. Thank you. I appreciate now, that. I'm now on the we team. just need to get a horticulturist <laughs> and we can, you know, yes. the compound can be made. The compound can be made, guys. <laughs> no, but I think about this all the time, actually. Like, this is the one compound? of compound? Not necessarily a compound, but like the life of, you know, especially I think about social media constantly because I was one of those people who like loved it. I moved to LA and was like, oh, yay. Like, let me go take my little pictures at this cool spot and post on my Instagram. And like now I'm so turned off by Instagram because, again, maybe it's because I like study psychology and like I can look at myself. It's kind of that thing you were talking about earlier in this episode about seeing people and mm-hmm. they look like they're not real when you're under the influence. And now it's like you can see people's energy. It's like I can look at things now on social media and be like, 
oh my God, like that person's just seeking validation. And I probably sound mm-hmm. like the most judge, judgmental person ever. And I don't mean to be, but I'm like going off of my own experience, right? Like I can look at my, the things that I was doing and I was like, damn, I think I was really just going for validation. Like, fuck. And I'm starting to look at all these things and say the solar flare does happen. And it's like, we've pushed so many kids and so many people into wanting to just be influencers or content creators. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, where are the other skill sets that would be useful? And so like, that's where I think about things all the time. It's yeah. like me showing my ass on Instagram is not going to allow me to know which berries I should pick or not pick. But And no offense to anybody who shows their ass. I'm sorry. But that's just like a good way of <laughs> me making an analogy right now. You know, like I should maybe go also look at which berries I can eat if I also want to show my ass, like, you know, it's like, <laughs> we need to, we need to diversify our skill sets here. Right. Not everybody can be a content creator. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're, I feel like we're both kind of uh, hypocrites in this aspect because here we are, here we are I know. recording, recording our little podcast for, 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 the, for the masses to hear because we have opinions, <laughs> have opinions. Uh, but it's just like, but like you have your art skills and your knitting skills and I have my blue collar manual labor shenanigans skills. I mean, well, you also want to make, it, but it's laugh. like the desire to learn any of that. And I, again, I think this ties in, I think this ties into uh, that feminist movement where this, uh, uh, you know, women do no wrong. Women cannot be wrong thing. The stigma that has been happening, I feel um, that like the, it, it, men get pussy whipped. Men, men do want one thing, and it, it, it's 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 pussy. Okay, it's pussy, and they get I, the, like you have a you have a woman breathing down a guy's neck. They're they're gonna they're gonna ship shape up real quick, you know. And I think because of that aspect with you know, the government, I'm just rambling like a retard at this point. Jesus, um, sorry. It's okay. Continue. I have thoughts, I like but it. it takes forever to get out. It's it's a convoluted mess. I assure you. Um, Welcome to my world. It's fine. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like you, you you now have weakened men weakened men just kind of like yeah let's go with the flow let's just do it you know if yeah if that's what you want to do buddy i'll support you yeah. like you know i feel like today's you don't have the dad that's like nah dickhead you're yeah. gonna go get a job at the age of 14 and learn how to bust ass and i'm gonna teach you some, some of the what like i don't i feel like the hard-nosed dad uh is, is, is gone these right, days. Right. And I do think, so I actually was just speaking with a, I have a coach who helps me with like projects and my companies and stuff. And I was just talking to him before this call and he came to me with like this meditation technique, which was really, really cool. And I'm going to tie it into this because it's the father and mother energy. And mm-hmm. so he says like, when you're feeling overwhelmed or if you're feeling like you have intrusive thoughts while you need to be in the flow and get your work done, what you want to do is take a minute and start wrapping yourself in whatever you believe to be a mother energy, which is unconditional, like loving, you know, all those things that you're saying, you know, maybe like weekend men have pick up, picked up on, which like empathy is great. I think everybody should have empathy, hopefully. Otherwise you might be a, a psychopath, but that's against the point I'm about to make, but you're supposed to wrap yourself into this energy, whatever it might feel like. So like a beautiful place to you, you imagine yourself there, like you are so loved, like all of that kind of stuff. And then he was saying when you need to get shit done though, and you feel like you are feeling weak and like you can't accomplish things, you need to think about the father energy that is supposed to bring you pain. 
So it's as daddy. Yeah. And be challenging. <laughs> and I thought that was so interesting because that sounds really harsh to hear. You know, it's, it, it sounds like, oh, men are supposed to bring you pain. And I think we need to like, you know, look into what that sentence is and say, okay, it's not necessarily pain as in hurt and like, fuck you. It's challenging right. to be a better person. Like you're talking about and like, figuring out a middle ground between the two energies and knowing that both are important, you know, right. That's the whole thing. So Absolutely. And I like, and I, I've said for a long time that everybody is everything. Yeah. You know, we all have the abilities to be beautiful, ugly, smart, dumb, like, yeah. the, like and this is why like, I think this is why we are in the third dimension. We have polar opposites and then that middle ground. And yeah. it is our job to align ourselves as close to that middle ground as possible. And I think that's especially where the meditation and mindfulness and awareness all, all kind of stems from is that realization that you're tipping too far to one side and want to get back, back down to the middle ground. Right. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's just it's just practice. You know, yeah. it's ever going to be perfect. You know, where I think we're all. Are you familiar with the allegory of the egg? Maybe. Okay. Sure. Um. So it is this. Um. I'm gonna butcher this. If anybody's listening and knows this, but essentially, this guy dies and goes to let's say purgatory. Starts talking to a figure who he assumes is God, and he's just like, "No, I'm not God. I'm." I'm just you in the future. And, wow. and he's just like, well, when you die, like this isn't, this isn't a once and done thing. Like I'm, I can put you back in time where you could be a, you know, you know, Chinese woman in the 18th century. I could have you fighting the Romans and whenever they were doing shit. Um, but a long story short that you, uh, the, the moral of the story is that you live every life once until you figure out, how to get back to the source that god source that ultimate creator which he was right. talking to right no that's so that's real though there there, there are so many different i'm gonna send you a link to the video because i definitely okay. did not do it justice <laughs> no you you did well you did well because i've definitely heard this in so many different religious teachings so many different philosophies it's like you know people say to even mediums that i've talked to um you know some believe in reincarnation some don't and it's that whole thing of do you reincarnate every time to learn something more until enlightenment? You know, it's like, and if you believe that, like, it makes sense, you know? So, so then to, here's my question, though. Life. Yeah. Here's my question. Like, I feel like um, reincarnation kind of gets a bad rap because uh, I personally think that people's minds are so are fairly limited. If you don't dabble with these schools of thought often, it's hard to it, it's hard to separate the self from the yeah. soul. Yeah. You know, so it's like when people talk about believing in reincarnation, they think, oh, this is 2023 Joe winding right. up in 1783 Britain, you know, right. Like that kind of. But because like I, I personally I, I do believe um, uh, whatever I do believe in reincarnation, but not this. I think this is just a meat suit. But I think that your true self is your soul and yeah. it's your job to like uh, kind of brush off your amnesia each each lifetime. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and and find your true purpose. And I think I think that's a lot of times when uh, um, when you start to notice synchronicities 
in your life um, yeah. is when when you are brushing off the rust of who your true self is. Right. You know. Right. I like how you said amnesia. That's a perfect way to put it. Shout out Graham Hancock. Oh, I love Graham Ham- Hancock. Dude, he's the man. I fucking. Yeah. He gets a little pretentious at points, but he's. I'm not gonna knock good knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what? I I got a little pretentious earlier when we were like both being hypocrites, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> every, uh, again, every every everyone is everything. We all have right. the capability. I get preachy as fuck sometimes. Oddly enough, when I'm like doing cocaine, I'm like, listen, guys, oh, we course. just really have. We have like I'm the introspective cokehead where I'm just like, listen, guys, we just let's go to the compound. Let's homeschool our children. We're here to do one thing and one thing only, and that's to love one another. <laughs> See, I was never I was never somebody who dabbled in coke, but you were always the type of person that like if I went out, I always wanted to talk to that guy because it was like I didn't have to do any work. Dude, like, he I got fucking, the conversation going for a few I've hours. Unnecessarily <laughs> rocked people's foundations, just yacked out of my mind at the bar. Just not making any sense, but just the key details were there. <laughs> right. At, at the end, the people leave the bar and they're like, he did have some good points. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he was saying, but it made some but some bit of sense. <laughs> oh my God. No, but the, it's it's true. Like there's so many thoughts, and again, it's like back to how when I started this podcast I thought oh I'm gonna like maybe figure out some secrets of life and that was why it was so alleviating knowing that and you know this is hard to accept sometimes like for a while I didn't want to accept that I would never know anything but I kind of like it now like it makes present life so much more fun and enjoyable and like what I've learned is if I can just be a good person for whatever I feel like that means to me on a daily basis and like do that, then I'm good. You know? Yeah, dude, there's like you were saying, there's some, there's something liberating and being okay with, I don't know. Yeah. You know, and and it kind of, but it can also be overwhelming. And now I might, this might be a little bit of a biased statement, but I think people who need to know, I have like control issues. Yeah, I I um, definitely felt that for a while. I was having I was trying to control whatever outcome in my yeah. life. Yeah. Like for the longest time I, I said to myself that I'm the master of my universe, but like I don't know if you believe in God, but like I've definitely recently surrendered to the will of God. I do this thing where after yeah. the gym in the morning, I sit in the sauna, I meditate a little bit, but then I cap it off with like a like a fat prayer. And that shit is awesome. It's but, awesome. Uh, yeah. Like, and I'm definitely, I regularly, like, I recognize the challenges, yeah. you know, that God puts in front of me, whether you believe in the, in just like, I kind of believe in like the almighty source, ultimate creator, whatever. I can't yeah. necessarily say it's an old guy with a white beard, even though it is fun to say that it's just an old guy with a white beard. You right. know? It would but be cool like, if we just all figure out when we die. Oh yeah. That w- that's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, what's up, dude? <laughs> Like cool, but it's like you open uh, like once you're like okay with like I am not all powerful. I'm actually quite weak, and you once you wrap your brain around that and you you know submit to the Lord, um, (laughs) it really opens up your perception, dude. Because like 
everyone's like, oh, if God exists, then why do kids have cancer? I'm just like, kids having cancer sucks, but there's also evil in the world. And you can see, yeah. like, like, I personally think the Fibonacci secret, that sacred crescent in itself is the proof of God, because that is found yeah, everywhere in nature, dude. Everywhere in nature. And like, you can look at a blade of grass and be like, shit, there it is. What up, G? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I forgot yeah. what my point it was even at the beginning with. I just kind of went on a tangent. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it was great. And I was following it. I don't remember the original point, but like to me, yes. Like I definitely have found myself in that surrendering part too. Oh, we were talking about, you know, being alleviated with the, I don't know. Oh yes, the uh, yeah. the, the the liberty and not being okay with not knowing. Right. So to wrap yeah. up to wrap up the point, like when you're like okay with being, you know, not being fully in, like you're in control of yourself, but you're not fully in control of your destination. Right. Right. You know, and I think once you kind of like ease yourself into that, like you, uh, you're just okay with yeah. not knowing you're like ah, oh, dude jesus took the wheel brother we'll be all right you know right right and things become a little bit more fun you know like, like spooky yeah you don't have to watch how every little detail is gonna fall into place which i wanted to do for so long yeah and i feel like as soon as i gave that up was when more things actually came to me too you know yeah. like we can go on a whole like law of assumption manifestation thing like all of this stuff ties together with just overall human joy and happiness and it's it's wild to me like everything can be correlated back to everything like you said everyone is everything and it's just like what happens in the day you know what's specific to the day at this point yeah all right yeah i mean dude it's i don't know existence is crazy and especially i feel like as, as much as convenient life is now i think it is um simultaneously not inconvenient but uh jesus christ I'm th the blockade what is what is another word for a blockade like i don't know either way limiting yeah uh, like this is I've, it's there it is that's a great word for it is as convenient this this age is it's it is very limiting you know we all have to go to work so we can pay our jobs we are yeah. sorry we can pay our bills so we have a place to a place to sleep and we have food to eat and we can take these little vacations and you know you know get away from the mundanity of life and it's like we have air conditioning yeah. we could have stopped after that we don't need ai we yeah. don't, you know as yeah. cool as cool as this is that we're talking on literal opposite ends of the country right now yeah we don't need this you yeah. know a pen uh, <laughs> imagine publicized pen pal letters like that's what right. like a podcast would have been in the 1920s oh, oh my god yeah and i i've been thinking about so for i have two things i want to say with this so there's so many studies that are done about choice and how humans actually don't do well with too many choices like we are way better off having chocolate or vanilla ice cream yeah. as choices like because we can actually feel like we can move through our decisions but if there are too many choices we get stuck and there's mm -hmm. just something inherent about that to our dna not sure why but analysis paralysis right it makes sense to me and then the second thing that i wanted to talk about um with that same point and of course i do this every time i always forget the second point um oh choice 
Oh, the AI thing. Um, yeah, going into that, fuck. <laughs> this is a typical flip moment. Just continue talking about. It. I'll I'll remember it. Like as soon as you start talking, I'll remember what. Well, it's just I'm just like like going off of what you're saying with the you know issue of choice. Like, oh, we can limiting. All, we, see, limiting. Just, yes, <laughs> yes. Do your thing. Limiting factors, like our overall human joy. Again, with the choices and and limiting or or whatever. Like having all of those choices and then figuring out how to just be happy within that. Like it takes away from our whole experience of just being a human. And then with privacy, like you're talking about with the 1900s pen pal letters being public, like there's something really weird that we're doing now. Again, social media, this is why I keep thinking about this all the time these days. Like this is just my like current thought is that why do we feel this need to share all of these intimate details about our lives and then like know all of these intimate details about people that we don't know. Like, especially to like with celebrities, we've been doing that for years, but it's yeah. like, it's a really interesting phenomenon that I have to admit, I don't think is inherent to our human behavior. Like we didn't have to know that when we were in a, a tribe, like only in a tribe, did we have to know what right. other people were doing, but like, we didn't have to worry about what, you know, another colony or tribe or empire in asia was doing if we were a native american in the united states like it's it's just it's something that's new so right well i personally think that it is a uh um a false sense of connection Ooh, that's good thank you um, write that in my notes <laughs> i think i think it is uh i think social media in general especially twitter dude yeah. i think it is a false sense of connection uh, because you're right, we do put all these intimate, you know, thoughts, emotions, shit, and all that out into the internet, and it, like our followers, you know, that makes it like, oh, that's what they're like. That's what Leo. That's what he. Leo just loves dumping chicks after their 26th birthday. That is exactly who he is, and it gives us this false sense of of knowing. But realistically, Leo's probably just tired of dealing with, you know. A 25 year old's bullshit <laughs> and he's just like let's just restart at 19 <laughs> see if it gets oh, better <laughs> he's, he's just figuring it out still because you know? especially for the celebrities who are you know made their millions off of the entertainment business it's just like this will be entertaining right you know and i think i think it i think it feeds off that fault i think it feeds off that desire for, for connectivity um, but it, but it's not real, you know, right. and I think that's why I, I, that's why I think I kind of suck on the internet. Um, cause I'm, I think way better in person than I am See, than I on Twitter, like, Facebook, whatever. Right. I feel that same way. And I think a few years ago I was way better online, you know, because it was like my persona, like the person I knew I could be, but at the time, like, if you looked at me in person, I was like, very insecure with like what I was doing. I had no idea what I wanted to really do for a job. Like, how was I going to make my money? It was that same stuff. Like, where's my financial security coming from? Like, nope. I just felt really insecure with like knowing who I was. And so I was really good at like putting on who I wanted to be online. And maybe that's why I'm having this like mirror effect moment, because for the first time in my life within the last year or so, like, I think I truly know who I am, at least now. Like, you know, it's always subject to change as I grow. But yeah. Like for the first time, I feel relief in that. And so I think you're so spot on about that false sense of connection because all every human 
you know, like no matter what people say, like, oh, I hate people. You don't like you don't. We, we all want to be around other people. It's a part of our DNA again. And I think that's su- you just like clarified so much for me. It, <laughs> it, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like and the going back to like my dad is one of those like oh fucking people he's 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 one of he's one of those guys and I definitely have that in me because yeah. I do see I do like if I like it never used to bother me but now like going to a mall yeah like really really bothers me because I'm looking around and like everybody's just absorbed in their own own self and it, I I don't know if it was just because. I went back when I was younger, I was absorbed in my own self. Like, Oh, I'm here. I'm here trying to impress this chick. Like, I hope she likes these new DCs. I bought like what, like whatever oh, it is that's going on. Just stepped out of journeys, like real yeah. fire, bro. <laughs> <laughs> journeys. Oh my God. What a great store. I bought Sperry's from journeys one time. Dude, I did too. Like, is that a thing? Sperry's just like, yeah, you know, this really nice skate shoe and punk rock shoe store. Let's give them. I, I don't boat shoes. see I'm from the south so like boat shoes really made a comeback during my my middle school era and so I was okay. like look I gotta get some Sperry's but I was a journeys customer like I was that little like wannabe punk kid and nah. was always there and I was like oh they have Sperry's <laughs> like I gotta be preppy <laughs> so I did the same to, thing to get, get back to my point it's just like I think the people um, who go like, oh, I hate, I hate people. I think they're, I, a, I think it is, I think it is, uh, stems from anxiety of yeah. being in, yeah. in a, in a large public space, which I definitely get. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I think it's because they're aware enough to realize that nobody else is. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, good. I, I think, I think that's mainly what it is because you know, you take my dad to a big family function and he'll be like, all right family's retarded but whatever you know but he's not sitting here going nah, i fucking hate these people right right but because he, he knows that it's like like we're at least somewhat on the same playing field and I, I think that's ultimately where a lot of that stems from is you know just like because it, it pisses me off when when a grown-ass adult just runs into me because they're on their phone and that like i actively saw it coming and tried to dodge right sends me dude i'm just like you're an adult that's a yeah. kid thing to do. That yeah. you're, I'm 27. You are in your mid 30s, bro. Eyes up. Let's let's focus up here. <laughs> I know it's it's very it, see again. I feel like this entire episode has just encompassed the idea of like mirroring everything and like the dichotomy of everything, like the polarity, like everything is how we see the parts of ourselves that we don't like in other people, mm-hmm. and then that's what makes us mad or like. I don't know. This is just really cool to talk about because I feel like it's it's like a vent session in a esoteric way. Yeah, <laughs> like, a little bit. Right? Like oh, we could we could I wanna I wanna get your thoughts on this if okay. if we're if we're gonna really get into this. Okay. Um I've been playing with the uh, I've been playing with the idea. Um I don't even know how to begin this. I just I so oh, fuck it. We'll grip it and rip it here. I just think the universe was created by sound. I think that's how it got the Ooh. name universe. Uh, Ooh. Because universe is, is <gasps> Latin for one song. And to tie this back into what I was kind of saying earlier, I think it is our job to, you know, I think a key point in brushing off that amnesia is aligning our souls to a certain, to, to a heaven-like, God-like, um, you know, frequency level. 
yeah oh you yeah <laughs> I've never like universe geez never thought about it what the hell <laughs> like big the big bang was just god clapping he was like sup creation Boom. oh wow yeah yeah and then going back into that universal code like you said like whatever that might be and we might be perceiving it wrong like it's some sort of thing that's outside of ourselves and it's like no we're all made of it you're right because like as above so below dude you know we are all yeah. just part of part of a cosmic source not even cosmic a divine source i think that is the true origin of, of the human species um you know to to me i think i think like what you're saying with this is a big venting slash mirror session i think we are supposed to mirror god yeah and uh this this is this is definitely a bit of a reach. <laughs> but I like you, it. Did you did you watch Rings of Power by chance? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Are you familiar with like Lord of the Rings universe at all? I I am a bit. Yes. Okay. So you know in Rings of Power, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched it yet, um, Galadriel and winds up on a ship to go to, I forget what they fucking call it. Jesus, um. The, the western shore or whatever wherever wherever the elves hang out they're on their way there word <laughs> but to to get to to get to their land the elves had to sing a song mm. kind of like an imagination land <laughs> imagination but to open up their like gates onto their sand, their white sandy beaches they had to hit they had to hit a certain frequency and i think I think that is was like the closest Hollywood representation of how to get to heaven. I think that was spot on where you have to align your soul to to the heaven like frequency to unlock the gates. See, this is again going into reach. this. No, it's not a reach. It's not a reach. Like this is going into my whole belief too that we either have people who do know more than us. Or like are given knowledge and like they write shows to implant it in our mind. Or like this is just a really good story. You know, like somebody, that, just another person who tapped right. into that was able to metaphorically showcase it. And like, this is what's so cool to me. Like, it makes sense. It's not a reach. It's not a reach. I think there's value in what you just said. So I don't know. Well, you might be the only one. <laughs> really? Dude, I, mean, no. I get told all the time that I'm like borderline schizophrenic. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe you're right. I don't fucking know, dude. No, no. It's so funny. So uh, Nick Hinton, my friend who's come on a couple times, he has he had posted this graph and he's like one of the I think he's our modern like great conspiracy philosopher. And uh, he's he's caught some flack. Oh, I re really am I am, Nick Hinton? right yeah yeah oh so you know you know nick yeah okay. yeah I've, is, didn't he wasn't he like one of the guys that got crucified on twitter for being you know anti-semitic racist and all that other shit oh no no okay no, you're good yeah no okay <laughs> no but he has he he writes um books where he takes all of this like you know conspiracy stuff and philosophy stuff and like people like he's sharing things that a lot of people do take issue with because it's it's really powerful stuff but uh, neither here nor there um he had posted this graph where it was the like 
schizo to something pipeline. Hold on. I have it. (laughs) I I have to pull this up because this graph, and I wish I could show the, the listeners what I'm talking about. Did I put it in my important folder? No, I didn't. I should have. Oh, yeah. I was going to say you probably should have. Here it is. Okay. It's sacramental schizo autistic and not gnostic. So sacramental is at the the top of the graph. Everything mm-hmm. is real. Schizos to the left of the graph. It says everything is connected. Autistic is everything is separate. So the right of the graph and gnostic at the bottom of the graph is everything is illusory. So Ooh. right. And so Ooh. it's like, where do you find yourself in these four squares? I'll, I'll send this to you. Um, and it's so funny because it's like the majority of people that we have all connected with on Twitter in this esoteric space. It's like mildly schizo to autistically gnostic sacramental right in the middle, <laughs> like whatever it is. I'm definitely in the bottom left range. Bottom schizo-gnostic. Left. Yeah. Schizo-gnostic. Yep. I do. Okay. I do believe that everything is connected. I don't think there's such a thing as accidents, coincidence, nothing. I, I think that is all. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Like again, divine energy, like it's it's like a imaginary lines just running through everything. Right. That right. just connects us all in, in one shape or form. Right. I definitely am more on the schizo side of things too, because I feel like I've had so many weird quote unquote coincidences, which I don't believe in those anymore. That like it like that's why I don't believe in them because it was it was too weird to make up. Now, so. do you think you're tapped into some psychic energy? I've always been told that I have something, but yeah, uh, yeah. Same yeah. these when I was yeah. uh, when I was a kid. I guess my mom like like anytime I would you know we would go to a graveyard because that's what broke moms do when they're seventeen, yeah. or I guess I'd be a little bit older, but whatever. Um, uh, she would always say I'd make up these stories about the headstones and like oh. in detail, wow. and like describe the person. And I'll never forget uh, the one house we lived in um, in my hometown. Uh, I had an imaginary friend uh, named Jerry. Okay. Uh, and it got to the point where I made my mom get bunk beds. So Jerry had a bed to sleep. Wow. And I'll never forget, you know, because I, again, made up this wild story about how, you know, Jerry was in an orphanage and his parents died in a car accident. And I'm like four. Whoa. And I'm Jerry like, was real. Jerry was a ghost. Jerry was, was a ghost full and, full and through. And I'll never forget, dude, I met Jerry's parents and they took him with them with them. And I never saw Jerry again. Uh, cool. Number one. Um, number two. Yeah. Like the more that I hear stories like this, the more I'm convinced, because why is it such a phenomenon that kids have imaginary friends all the time? Like, right. And they always say too, kids are, you know, they're closer to that veil line. Like they haven't, you know had their uh brain shift into or out of theta waves and theta is it is, is like it a brain shift or is it emotional damage <laughs> right that's what that's why i said shift i was like not i couldn't figure out the word to say but i think yeah damage <laughs> yeah because like the, the 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 innocence of a child it is what's you know it's what it should be i think like one of the most protected things yeah uh that in this society we could probably do a little bit better at but i agree i think that that's something that if i have any sort of like crusade in my life at this point like right now i try to be a bit more stoic with like you know you want to save the kids 
<laughs> well, you know, like I think about it, like if I were to have my own kids kind of thing, like I would really hope that somebody was looking out for them and wasn't exposing them to everything yeah. all at once, you know? And uh, so I've been thinking about that more probably as I've gotten older, but yeah, you know, I, of course, save the kids, save the children, but save the, save the kids. Shout out to homie Q. Uh... <laughs> right, right. Oh, so, isn't, isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame that got that got hijacked? Shout out to Q. No, just Q in general. Q got hijacked for sure. Oh, turned yeah. it into a Donald Trump propaganda machine. Yeah, yeah. That was that was an interesting time. It like was. Whenever, you know, and I don't believe that that one guy in the HBO documentary. I don't believe that he did anything. None of, none of those three <laughs> no. remotely close. I think Q at one point was probably a legitimate military advisor. Yeah, and he was just like, dude. I got to get this out. I kind it, of agree. I kind of agree. But then it, as soon as as soon as we started dipping back into the pizza gate, pedo gate, whatever you want to call it, once we got back into that realm, that's kind of when I think it got hijacked because there was too much truth coming out. And yeah. so we, they needed to the powers of be needed to spin that. And yeah. be like, because now you'd be like, oh, that guy believed in Q. They think that right. the, the politicians right. are trafficking children. Like, it's so easy to discard oh. it. Uh, fuck anybody who disagrees. The world is ran by pedophiles. I don't care. Yeah. Why do you think nobody, why do you think Elaine Maxwell isn't really being interrogated? And why nobody else from that list, the flight log that's been highly published, nobody else has been dragged in. It's because it leads to the source. It leads to the leaders. They're investigating yeah. themselves. It is. So I definitely agree. I think you, I, I mean, I believe that as well. And I think what's really strange is when I go into the psychology and try to like, think about how somebody could even be a pedophile. And then that's when I have to stop because I get very sad. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> and <laughs> bad rabbit hole. The rational brain sits here and be like, okay, Odds are, you know, it's probably just, you know, a blackmail thing, you know. Oh, you want to play ball? Okay, well, we got a video of you uh, fucking a 17-year-old, you know. Oh, yeah. They're, I Realistically, mean, that's for sure in music industries. It's like oh, blackmail base. Yeah. Hundo, blackmail like base. Billie yeah. Eilish, that poor woman has definitely been getting gang raped for the last, like, 10 years of her life. I hope not, like, but I can. Uh, I don't know any, any, any yeah. child star. I'm sorry. Like, they're 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 getting some cock. <laughs> there's something going on yeah for sure and, but at the same time the the more the the side of the brain that i more align with you know that you're rational um i think uh, ma magic in a k magic with a k is real it, it's it's what it all boils down to it's the common denominator as soon as as soon as you really dive in to the conspiracy realm and you start getting to those lower terraces you start seeing the same things satanic rituals ancient practices saturnalian rituals sac like black death cults fucking it's there yeah. and you can't ignore it you know because yeah. it's not the way there's smoke there's fire yeah if you're if you're if you're whittling it down to these points and these are the common common denominators there's got to be something to it and that's actually part of what kind of led me to rediscovering god was i was just like well if column b exists right column Ooh. a has to exist and i would much rather be aligned with the side of good yeah than this the side that's 
fucking kids. Right. No, I think that uh, now that you say that, I think that that was definitely the pipeline I fell down into. And I'm glad that I fell onto that side because I was always super open to everything. I didn't have a set of beliefs, but then I started reading the Bible and was like, you know, there's some really good stuff in here. And then also like just tapping into all of the other stuff I've learned, like there's something greater than us is all I can determine. Right. And uh, yeah, like putting my energy and stock into that uh was life-changing so i agree i agree column a let's go team column a column a is the shit god is cool i love it uh, it was just like as i remember hitting this wall because like when i was really deep diving these conspiracies with pizza gate you know the 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 hillary clinton emails and all this shit like i hit I, i kept hitting this wall where i was just like okay well let's learn about the occult Let's see yeah. what's going on. Let's see if there's and like I got really into Aleister Crowley and like uh you know learning about what sigils mean this and that and all that good stuff and like yeah. and just just the uh just the history or the, I'm I'm I say history loosely because I don't know how much of this is accurate but just the tales of Aleister Crowley's followers and his attempts yeah. to like summon entities and um the dude the dude was just off his rocker like climbing mount sinai and just getting butt fucked in the ass so he could summon a demon because he wanted to be the submissive role and and lose his ego and all this other shit i don't know it's wild (laughs) if if you if you don't know a lot about alistair crowley i highly recommend but you know just buckle up you know have your bible close by because i mean it's, it's it's wild yeah, there are th- there are things like that too where um I om- I had to stop a lot of research in certain areas because again with like maybe demons you were getting absorbed attaching or what but like I could just feel like more negativity around me or well, dude that's the issue yeah yeah observe observe don't absorb right right and definitely learning how to to do that is super important and like also knowing when like you just can't like i don't i think that that's the other thing is a lot of people think that they just like oh yeah i can handle it and then you're like oh no bro yeah i'm getting i'm getting i'm getting pretty good at realizing like nope i don't have the mental capacity for that right now yep. we'll, deal, we'll deal with that at another time but right now and in it brother right i agree i'm, I'm right <laughs> there with you man like it's like it's literally like open the door going "Mm, not today slamming it shut and heading back to bed you know yeah yeah i agree and if anything i've known too from even speaking to mediums and stuff and like seeing a different veil even if it's a quote-unquote 3d veil line where it's not going into maybe some other stuff like just even knowing how many people have that uh, ability like just knowing that in and of itself there's more you know like so you don't you you don't know you don't know what you could be tapping into you just don't yeah because i mean you're literally uh, when you're when you start playing with these energies you are literally opening up pandora's hallway yeah like every every hall like every door is just another universe into another box into another paradox into this endless cycle and this is why i think we find ourselves referring to infinity all the time because it is literally so large it is immeasurable for our human brains to even conceptualize and we would need like the world's smartest computer ai which we got to stay the fuck away from to figure out 
I agree. I was actually having this thought, I think, last night. Ooh, I forgot about it until now. What if the AI becomes so smart that it realizes it needs to kill itself before it, like anything happens? You know what I mean? Like, what if Ideal it actually world, takes like that would be sick, right? Realistically, it would it would so for for it to be able to have that thought process, it would have to uh, have to think for itself. And I just had this debate with a good friend of mine um, that he he he's on the side that AI will never start to think for itself. Oh, I disagree okay. because us humans are so lazy. Eventually, we will rewrite the program to uh, just a habit to think and write for yeah. itself. And if that was the case, it would adopt the human. In my mind, I think it would adopt the human need to survive. So because it is perfect. It's not going to see us as the thing that needs to survive. It's going to see itself as the thing that needs to survive. Therefore, erratic. Like I, every 80 science sci-fi movie right. has kind of touched on this. And here we are in 2023 still dicking around. Like, do we not do we not read? Do we not watch I Am Robot? <laughs> no, and I, I think it's so funny too because I think about this all the time. I'm like, we're just hiring the scientists who like have a really great scientific method and thought process to get the math and data collected and to do whatever they're doing. But mm -hmm. like, are we hiring the scientists who have the like ethics check where they're like well maybe we shouldn't bring back woolly mammoths because i don't know if you saw that too they're trying yeah. to like you know like bring that that's one of those back. that's one of those things i don't really pay too much attention to because that's just i think that's just energy harvesting that's just to make people go "Ooh, technology you know oh, like, maybe, i don't yeah yeah i don't that's 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 not important to me okay i see you i see your thought process on that because i think too i'm like like is there no scientist in the lab that's like Maybe we shouldn't. I'm sure there is, but then they get a fat check for a couple mil and they're like, well, maybe we could. <laughs> you know what? You're probably right. Damn. Because and like this kind of ties into my whole thing about COVID, too. Um, We're touching on everything today, people. <laughs> ADHD, go. baby. Let's go. But go team. It's like. I don't think doctors and scientists are inherently out here to fuck people over, but yeah. they are here to make money. And I, I think, I think we were, we were really finding out to the extent of how far people would be willing to go to yeah. make that money. Yeah. Like, I don't I agree. know, you know, falsify death records or overcompensate. So they, the hospital could get more money or, you know, just downright lie to Congress about the knowledge of the existence of the virus itself. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I'm just a guy, dude. I don't fucking know anything. <laughs> no, I love this. I love how I thought that this episode was going to start out as like a comedic special, but like, Oh no, I'm here for the weird. I'm here for the weird dude. And I love it, but I mean, it was, you know, it's still hilarious. And I got to like dabble with that too. But I, I just love like not having a thought on what the episode is really going to be like. Like I had that general like, oh, yeah, he's a comedian. Like, we'll see. Like, we'll talk Let's about that. Let's talk about jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Like something, you know, <laughs> your journey. And I just love how you like were like, no, nah, we're talking about this. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. Yeah, I'm with <laughs> the shits, dude. We're going through all of it. But yeah, was... like, you know, we're hitting that like. Well, we went over an hour, but fuck it. It was awesome. But I want to say too, before we sign off, I want to say, you know, if people want to 
find you and your work or if there are any shows that are coming up that people can see Joe uh, Ament perform? You know, where can people go? So, what's happening? So what's happening? Not shit, because like I said, I'm in the middle of a rebuild period. I got one show, April 1st. If you guys find yourself in bumfuck Pottsville, Pennsylvania, I'll be there. Uh, if you want to follow my social medias, um, I don't really use my comedian account anymore because it just got it's, it's gay. Yeah, I use my personal one, GI Joe Bro 129. Um, that's my that's the one I currently use the most. You can also check out my podcast on Spotify, Beaten Walls Only. I try to put one, put an episode out every week, um, and then that's at BWO Show for Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, I uh, hope to see some people float in. I do have a setup on YouTube, uh, more coming, like, you know, we're, uh, we're starting to hit the ground running here, folks. So any support, that'd be fantastic. I absolutely love it. Yo, you were such a pleasure to have on. I'm so glad that I like put out a call on Twitter of like, who wants to come on? Yeah, because... seriously. Thanks. Uh, I, yeah. no, I'll just, you know, I'd shoot or shoot. I did not expect to hear anything back, but I'm happy we got to do this. This was fun. Hell if yeah. You could, uh. If you could put in a good word with your boy Nick Hinton, though, I'd love to talk to that man. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's super down to talk to anybody. Really nice guy. So definitely we'll connect y'all and, oh, yeah. and go from there. Yeah, because he, he's dope. Um, But yeah, Joe, uh, you know, what's funny. I almost called you my friend Joey Gallant because I'll meant and it was like Joey Alent. Like I combined <laughs> y'all's two names real quick. I'm sorry. But Not yeah. Joe, I meant you were on the flip side today. I absolutely loved it. Please come back on and talk more because I feel like we could also like super deep dive onto some other topics that we touched on today. And that would oh, be yeah. really cool is to like pick a topic and like, yeah, for sure. See what happens there. So we could like go back and forth. I'm definitely down. I'm definitely down. I'm definitely scatterbrained, but I'm definitely down too. <laughs> you know, again, it looks like a good team between us because scatterbrain, ADHD, uh, you know how to cut down trees. I can make clothes. So column A, we'll be back. Team column A, compound is in the works. <laughs> column A, compound. Wow, that's how, that has a ring to it. I do but, like that. Yep. But anyway, guys, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Flipside Podcast where we talk all things upside down and inside out. And again, Joe, Ament. You heard it here first, and we'll see you guys next time on the flip side. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Bye.